When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. again with another shade of blue it's a victory pod sporting kansas city has beaten st louis in game one of round one of the mls cup playoffs i just want to let that sit there for a minute what a beautiful sentence that is this game had everything we had bangers we had darth vermice we had sad cold wet st louis fans We had fans leaving early. Oh, my gosh. So much to talk about. We're going to get to all of that. I'm going to try. Cody, this is an audio medium, so the people don't know. You know, we're recording the night before Halloween, and you're dressed as Stefan, (laughs) letting us know that this pod has everything. They can't see me waving my shirt around right now. (laughs) No, I want to make sure we do this in an organized, coherent manner, as opposed to just verbally vomiting our excitement onto the listeners. We're going to try to do this the right way. Thad, you're muted. He had something to add there, but he's muted. I was just saying we were going to start being organized now after all this time. Well, we were. <laughs> we were until you until you had your mic off there. Thad, I am going to start with you, though. Not because I want to get you all excited or I'm asking excitement of you. I just I want to place everyone at the beginning of this game. You were in the pit. I don't know. Is that what photographers call that, in the pit? I'm going to call it that. You were in the photographer's pit in this cold, wet stadium. We've been beaten so badly there multiple times. The lineups come out. You see Johnny is out. Kyrie is in. You're cold and wet. What was going through your head at the beginning of this game? I know we talk a lot about how this team historically wins the games that we just think they're going to get rocked. But what were you thinking going into this game? You were sitting on the side. Players are coming out of the tunnel. How are you feeling about this? Is this bit that you were never going to let him answer the question? <laughs> he, he was giving me a face that he wasn't ready yet the whole time, so I kept going. I was just thinking I might as well stay on mute as long as you I'm were just going. Trying, I'm trying to paint the picture here. As we just pointed out, it's an audio medium, David. I'm trying to paint the picture of where Thad was at and what was going through his mind. I was on the in line in the southwest corner, right on the 18, which is where I like to shoot from. Okay. And yes, I had actually already had a discussion with photographers in St. Louis. They were were saying that Peter Vermees was giving up on the game because they were not starting Johnny Russell or Eric Tommy. I said, do you guys realize that they were both questionable players for the last week? Perhaps they need to be arrested a little bit. And perhaps they have a different tactic today. And you know what? I think that bore fruit. Or maybe Vermees just knew we could win it with Kyrie. And Kyrie contributed. (laughs) So are you telling me, I wanted your mindset there. You're telling me you were confident going in after the lineup and all that? Oh, no, you were not. Okay. 
I'm not saying I was confident. I'm just like saying that I knew that there was a chance at that point because they played well there last time till for 70 minutes and then everything went to hell. The lineups but, came out and I lost some confidence. I lost some steam. I'm not going to lie to you. Robert, were you confident at the beginning of this? Well, you know, walking in, I didn't feel the usual fervor from the uh, St. Louis fans. I don't know if it was the cold and the wet or not, but I didn't feel the usual confidence, usual fervor. And, uh, you know, sporting has been on such a run and, you know, they've got a lot of confidence. They've got a lot of heart. And, uh, you know, I, I saw the lineup as changing tactics, but right before the, the whistle blew, I turned to my, uh, girlfriend and said, you know, it seems like the heart of the team is missing without Johnny on the field. She's like, yeah, you're right. It but, is. uh, there was no doubt once, uh, Logan put that goal in the back of the net and then it was like, all right, here we go. I think you're onto something there with the lack of confidence or fervor in the stadium. Uh, I want to I want to touch on that later, but I definitely I think you're I think you're onto something there. I think St. Louis was just scared all week. I think they, they were nervous. They were. You didn't see the tweets. You didn't see them scouring online, jumping into our mentions. They were they were a little scared all week, and especially silent after the game. We can talk about a little bit more of that, but I do want to have fun. I kind of started us off talking about a negative and the scary feelings at the beginning. But now, once the game started, it was glorious for all 90 minutes. So, David, why don't you start us off here? Tell me something that made you happy from this game. So, feel free to come at me in the comments, KCSoccerJournal.com. Kyrie Shelton's <laughs> performance. Wait a minute, you awesome. are the KCSoccerJournal.com? Is that what it's, you're just implying? It's him. <laughs> we yeah, are. yeah. We collectively are the KC Soccer Journal, and I, David. Oh, I'm sorry, I got Twitter. lost to come at me. He's encouraging, but 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 Cody will post an article with this podcast, and if you have problems or you don't like the take, come at me in the comment section. We're cool. He's you know, encouraging it, commenting, but, Robert. We need comments, so let him let him go. Kyrie, Kyrie Shelton was was a positive I felt from this match. It wasn't perfect, right? You know, Kyrie is not a designated player caliber. Uh, guy and so you know he there he certainly made a few mistakes but his physicality i thought really positively contributed uh he had some really nice runs where he made some great cutback passes um and was generally just kind of a menace all night Kyrie had a damn good game almost had a goal there too there was a play at the very very beginning where we kind of had a counter attack of some sort we were running down the field and when the ball was at midfield you can see that this play is developing, a breakaway is developing, and you can see that Kyrie was not running into position. Does anyone know the moment that I'm talking about? It was in the early in the first half. He got the ball in the box eventually, and, and nothing came of it. But the one thing that I've always known Kyrie to do is just run and fill in gaps, and I swear that as this play was developing, you could see he was, he was jogging at like 60%. I, w I was missing that urgency of him to get in the box, and I was very upset in that one play, but he did go on to have a pretty good game. Robert, one thing. What was something that made you happy from Sunday night? Why are we limited to one? I mean, come on, seriously. Well, we're going to cover the rest. I just wanted a quick get us going, something hey, that made you happy. celebrating all four goals in the midst of St. Louis fans. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, Definitely doing that in a very loud, obnoxious manner. 
Okay. Up close, up close view of sad St. Louis people. That's a, that's a great one. That is a great one. And they kept their mouth shut, which I was very impressed. Okay. Good. Good. Thad, what about you? Uh, the fans around me were not keeping their mouth shut, <laughs> but that was uh, that was down in basically deep in St. Louis territory because I was right in front of their South Stand equivalent. Mm. Uh, no sporting fans down there, so they were just running their mouths the entire time. And as the goals added up, the people turning on each other made me happy. Turning on each other, yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they were yelling at each other. You got to be a better supporter than that. Wow. Oh my gosh. What? You had it, it, such it, a good spot for this. I'm very jealous of you. In the in like the 70th minute. What? You're leaving? What? You can't leave? What kind of supporter are you? <laughs> I'm a tired, cold, wet supporter and I don't give a shit anymore. And they were walking out. <laughs> yes. That is the kind of thing I want injected into my veins. <laughs> okay. That was great. So the reason I was asking all this is because this game was genuinely, actually, dare I say, the most satisfying sports event I have ever witnessed. Uh. Royals World Series is great and exciting. Chiefs Super Bowls, wow, so much fun. We got Patrick Mahomes for a decade. This is going to be great. But satisfying is the key word here. That yeah. Why are you doubting me? Well, I just, I mean, satisfying, I guess I'll take that. But, I mean, you weren't satisfied when we won two MLS Cups, four Open Cups, a, a supporter shield. Uh, no, I was. You know. I was very sad. I was, I was satisfied. I was happy and excited. I will never forget when Aurelian Collin scored that uh, equalizer off the corner kick in the MLS Cup. I, I will never forget that. Ecstatic, so exciting. I watched uh, Sergio Cunaguero win the Premier League in the 97th minute. It was one of the most exciting things. It was probably the most exciting thing I've ever seen in sports. But this win was so insanely satisfying. I've watched KU beat MU in basketball for for a long time. They're always supposed to win. There's just, after everything that has happened this year, those first 10 games, the, the fans kind of turning on the team, all of it, it just... Oh, my God. The most satisfying victory I have ever been a part of, David. What do you think of that? I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, taking the loudmouth new kid on the block yes. who, you know, runs their mouth nonstop, having never actually achieved anything, who thinks that they're better than you, uh, thinks that they went to a better high school than you and <laughs> asks you about it nonstop, and then just shoving the ball down their goddamn throat four times. The exact, and it was four to one. The the same victory. I just, oh, it's just so sweet. So I, I guess, know what you're saying. I guess the anyway, it's not it's not better. It's just more satisfying. Satisfying, so satisfying. I felt like I needed a postcoital cigarette after that, and I don't even <laughs> smoke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my I had a favorite totally different metaphor in my mind or analogy in my mind. <laughs> Uh, my one, if I'm picking one thing that made me happy, calves, calves on full display. <laughs> Guys, the slow-mo of Logan and Denbe scoring that opening goal. It should be a statue. It should be the MLS logo. <laughs> I, that's a thing we do in the NBA. We always talk about changing the NBA logo from Jerry West or what, what that should be. It should be Kobe or whoever that should be. 
this should be the MLS logo. Go back, watch the slow-mo of this goal. I've watched the highlights of this game like five times, and it's less than 24 hours since it's happened. Incredible goal. Logan, it, it's been coming. Robert, we've been talking about him playing a lot better. And, uh, oh, just the form. The Cavs looked so good. Just fired it into the back of the net. I was so happy for Logan. Great celebration. Nice, calm, cool, and collected. Wonderful. But I mean, just think about if if that hadn't happened. Because, guys, let's let's be honest. Up to that point, yeah, we had some attacks, but nothing came of them. We did mm-hmm. not force Berkey into a single save. And they forced Mealy into at least one, if not two, by that point. But if he doesn't hit that and put us on top, totally different game. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's more so beyond just, like, getting the first goal was was Berkey's an MVP candidate and has beat almost single-handedly beaten us at points of this season. And I think just seeing our, our left back, our young left back, score his first goal, just drill it past him like he wasn't even there, was like, oh, hey, we could do this. He's not a superhero. The goal's pretty big. Let's just let's just kick it at the goal. Like we could probably do this. So genuinely, I think seeing the ball go past Berkey, such a great keeper as he's been, uh, I think it kind of opened the floodgates a little bit there. The goal's pretty big. Yeah, goal goal helps for sure. Good good analysis, Robert. Uh, no, I, I just repeating what you said. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's a large goal. <laughs> Okay, so problem is the people in front of the goal, though, the, all those defenders, man. And that's what was really nice is those goals went through defenders. There's guys standing in front of the goal, and one of them can use his hands. Like, yeah, what are we saying? It's not easy to score a goal. I forgot about that. <laughs> so big thing in this game for me, if I'm looking at the stats, the standout thing is 58% possession from St. Louis. The whole season, they were the team with the lowest possession in all of MLS as the number one seed. So, Robert, was that the game plan? Was that the key that we were just kind of like, hey, you guys like to counterattack. You like to play slot ball. Here's the ball. See if you can keep it and play with it. See if you're actually good at soccer. Was that the key? Is this what happened in this game last night? Well, if you're going to pick one key, I mean, that's it, right? But... You know, it's, it's not that simple. It's that doing that enables you to do other things and makes you more compact, which we had numbers around the ball all night, whether it was picking up second balls or whether it was in defending. We really kind of made things somewhat easy for uh, Rosero and Fontes you know, playing center backs. Yeah. So uh, it's, the, it's the outcomes of letting them have the ball a little bit more that really were the big payoff. David, what do you think of the possession battle? Are you giving credit to Vermees for this tactical shift? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Sporting had wanted the ball, we would have had the ball. And St. Louis would have been thrilled to give it to us. Their whole attack is based on being able to force turnovers in the midfield and then play very direct with balls over the top to Adeneran or to Klaus uh, or to Giacchini. So to four... And so... They could have started with a Dennerin and Klaus up top. It wouldn't have changed anything because we still wouldn't have taken the ball and they would have had no service. Well, Twelman was making a point about this during his analysis. 
doing what we did defensively, being a little more compact, forced Leuven to drop back a little bit more and maybe even defend more because, again, we were pushing a lot forward when we got the ball. So I think that was an impact, you know, again, and, and the outcome of uh, letting them have the ball. Well, it's also they they chose to start Leuven in uh, – in a double pivot as a like deep line playmaker rather than playing him as like a 10, which yeah, was Jackson a choice was the 10. Yeah. Right. Which was a, a interesting choice. But again, you know, even if they had started with Lovren as the 10 further forward up the field, it wouldn't have mattered because we were swarming to the ball when they were trying to do stuff, but we weren't trying to, they, they had no, they had no ability to like actually force turnovers in the midfield. There were no, good places for their pressing triggers to actually go because as soon as we'd get a turnover we were going and we were playing direct and hitting them on the counter they had no ability to to flip the field on us yeah apologies to the listeners there david i kind of cut you off at some point in there due to technical difficulties so lost some of your take but that was good stuff david dunks on st louis is his name in the chat he did say we were going to wax that ass, and that is what happened. And a waxing it was. So after the game, Vermese kind of poked at Chad at one point about uh, some maybe some criticism or lack of adjustments and formation changes and things like that. Did they do something different besides letting St. Louis play with the ball. This was a, was it a normal 4-3-3? It's hard to say what a normal 4-3-3 is because as we talk about and what Vermees says a lot, it is nuanced within there. They do change things within it. But was there a shift in the formation last night in any way, Robert? Again, I think I just made this point earlier that I think Voltaire and Rodoya were a lot closer to each other. So not only did that help defensively, but when we did win possession, we could find, they could find each other. And then Polito, and we were going to maybe get to him later, but did an excellent job, best job he's done all season, of coming into the right spaces and keeping possession and, and building up that attack, whatever it was, a, a fast-paced attack or it was a, more of a building. But uh, I thought he was excellent on the night, even though you know he didn't score anything. Thad, do you think anything changed with Kyrie in for Johnny? Tactically, like, how does that change? Who covers what in that difference? It changes because, I mean, they're just very different players. Johnny's going to get the ball and try to go down and then cut back in, where Kyrie's going to be using his long legs and speed and strength to go more direct. And, I mean, he was doing a good job also of fighting for the balls and, you know, getting ones knocked on to other places where we could pick them up. And that, even though it was a borderline handball call it wasn't a handball but it was a borderline that one that he he didn't actually get his head on it but it went off his shoulder and that led to Gotti's goal so just him being that physical presence where Johnny's that's he can be a physical presence but that's not the way he usually is right so let's talk about the young outside backs I've touched on Logan already in his banger of a goal but Jake Davis also had a really good game David all of a sudden, we've got two young stud outside backs. That's great. As opposed to what we used to have, which was two old stud outside backs. <laughs> you mean just like a few months ago, we, we had two really old and, and really no outside backs, and then all of a sudden we've got two young studs. 
I actually didn't even think this was Jake's best game. You know, he he was fine. He played, you know, he wasn't bad, but he didn't have the impact on the game that Logan had. And he, you know, um, didn't have the impact that some of the other guys had. But I mean, it's it's nice to see that we've got a young physical player who one, the moment's not too big for him and two has no problem playing physical with guys like Klaus and a dinner and like he can hold his own despite being smaller than them. And I think in this game against this team and the way they play the, that high press and they try to, I think they make a point of trying to trap the outside backs with the ball when they're trying to play with it out of the back and Logan specifically, there were so many times every touch he made was the right touch he got the ball in a terrible spot, did well with the first touch, turned the right way, got the ball up the field. It, that is, for me, that is what the difference was that we've been missing from our outside backs. It felt like we've been surviving with them, uh, or you know, maybe not in spite of them, but they're holding back maybe some of the buildup play and things like that. And last night... Both of them calm, cool, and collected in every in every position. With you know, Jake Davis had Klaus running all over him for a lot of that game, and I'm just so impressed with, like you said, David. The the moment wasn't too big for them, and Logan just that whole game just was walking around with his chest puffed out, like he just had a swagger about him. And I'm I'm absolutely loving this Thad. Jake Davis has been your boy for a while. This has to feel good for Thad. Oh, absolutely, man. I've and as I I love that everybody talks about how Jake is now that right back and everything like that. And he's still learning that position technically. Right. I mean, he's, and he's but he's already making the right decision, the right touch, the right yeah. pass so often that uh, it is blowing my mind, honestly. Peter's talked about how like in practice, like you might yell at him for doing something or he's not doing something right. But when it comes to the game, he doesn't put a foot wrong hardly at all. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's learning through the experience. You know, during your whole thing there, Cody, I was nodding my head because I was I was going to say a lot of what you're going to say, but just a little more specific example. For example, when they're being pressured in the back, instead of just knocking it off, maybe Klaus for a throw in and you know our end. Mm-hmm. You're right; he would push the ball into space, yeah. Logan or Jake, and then make a good pass to clear the ball out and keep possession, or just to clear it down the field. So those little things can make a big difference in this kind of a match. Logan is looking like everything I wanted Jimmy Madronda to be. <laughs> Scoring a banger I like, like that. that. Jimmy Logan, had more goals than him, though. Yeah. Logan's finally starting to look like a U22 caliber yeah. player. I mean, he was a Belgian youth international, right? They don't just give those caps out for nothing. He looked, last night, he looked like a Belgian youth international. He looked mm-hmm. legit. Didn't Wait, he Cody, like somebody he at some point? Okay. <laughs> Didn't I could be misremembering, but it was played on the left down the left side. I think in the second half. Didn't he nutmeg somebody and go around them for like a really nice like play and ended up crossing it into the box and and I think he found Gotti and Gotti wasn't able to get like a good shot off, but Logan I mean, had a nutmeg just, that I missed. I think so. Let me go back and look at my article Kyrie. that you should all read on the Kansas City Soccer Journal. Did you guys see Kyrie had an accidental nutmeg? When he almost scored, he didn't quite cut the defender. The defender got a, a piece of it, 
bounced off of Shelton's knee and went right through the defender's legs, and then it fell for him, and he almost scored. Yeah, so in like the 49th minute or so, Logan nutmegged the defender and then fired across across the top of the box, and it found Gotti, and Gotti got a shot off, but he had taken like one too many touches, and he didn't have any pace behind it, didn't have any power behind it. But it was nice. He, like, I mean, very purposefully megged this dude. We're going to take a quick break and then continue the discussion. All right. We're back. We've already talked about a lot of this game. One thing I want to mention is Alan Polito. Still only has that one goal, which, yes, that we never corrected that mistake. We were making fun of Polito one time on this pod for not scoring a goal since signing his contract. That was false. He did have the PK that he missed and then followed up. Not necessarily one you want to be proud of, but still a goal. Yeah, it, it bounced off of him. So two assists last night. I'm looking at this like Polito couldn't continue that rate of scoring that he was on forever. And even when he's not scoring these goals, Thad, Sporting is getting these wins. Yeah, I don't care who scores, man. I care about the win. Damn when straight. Uh, when uh, Kyrie Shelton was the nine and they were getting wins back in 2019 and they were the highest scoring team. I didn't care that Kyrie wasn't getting a lot of goals. Yeah, It helps when your nine gets goals, but as long as it's coming from somewhere, man, that's got to be a plan. So Allen is contributing elsewhere like we've we've talked about. He drops back and does a lot of the right things. And if he's not scoring, he's doing stuff to contribute. So so one one thing I think it's important to note about Allen dropping back is that Allen is probably our most press-resistant player. Like, he is so calm on the ball and has so much more technical skill than some of the other guys on the ball that when he gets the ball with his back to goal in the midfield and St. Louis would come up to press or anybody comes up to press, he's so much better at getting out of trouble yes. or being able to use his physicality to fend off the press and find an outlet Polito and keeps, that's really valuable. Polito keeps the ball in this league. He keeps the ball and gets that pass off like he's varsity playing with the freshman team. That is one aspect where he just absolutely dominates. I think that's a good analogy there, Cody. Can we talk about the goat? Can we can we can we talk can we talk about the greatest goalkeeper of all time? He's the only one left here on the docket. Tim Melia is coming up again. I saw one comment from a St. Louis fan that said the Sporting KC keeper made what might be the best save I've ever seen in person. Now, I know St. Louis fans have only been to like a handful of soccer games because they just got a team. (laughs) So it's not saying like a lot necessarily. But I also don't know what save he's even talking about. Thad, what what was the biggest thing from Tim in this match from you? I don't know that he made that great of a save, man, but uh, on several of the saves he did make, he held on to the ball or he directed yeah. it to the side. He didn't like leave it back out in the center, mm-hmm. um, which some keepers do, but he did that in the rain. Especially in those conditions, yeah. Uh, I, I want to say maybe his best one was, uh, it was kind of, I think it was kind of early, but it was kind of looped over the mm-hmm. everybody there and dropped in, and that's one he didn't hold on to, but he directed it uh, not too far to the side, but I think he then collected it up. But I, maybe that's the one they're referring to because that was a that was probably one of his more difficult ones. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking maybe that the Zhao Klaus shot 
there at the end in like the 92nd minute. Yeah. But even that wasn't like that wasn't even that great of a save either, I guess. Oh no, nope. I, it was the header probably. The header from Jao Klaus that was right at the very end, the Tim Melia save. Right. That's the right because talking. to be able to get down yeah. and save the ball from that short of a range, even though Klaus didn't get a ton on it. I mean, it's not easy to get down and get the ball at that range. Yeah, definitely. He's the best, man. He's so good. And this is not meant to be, you know, rude or disrespectful to Kendall or to Pools Camp, but they're just not on Tim's level. They could get there, but they're just not. Well, there was a time when Tim wasn't at Tim's level. Yeah, let's, that's let's true. Admit that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Robert, you bite your you bite your tongue. <laughs> no, it's a it's a thing with keepers though, right? There there's just like an aura, a mentality that that the other team often feels around a keeper. Like keepers get hot hands. More so in hockey we talk about going with the hot hand of keepers, but no, the, it's it's a thing. Sometimes a keeper can look much bigger standing in that in that goal than than others. And I think uh Tim at his advanced age is uh is riding this high and it is uh it is a major part of what we've been doing here. They said was it six six wins in the last nine, or I guess now seven wins in the last ten games for Sporting KC? Something Sounds like right. that. How how different does this club's history look if Lu- Luis Marin oh. stays? If he like doesn't immediately leave and he's just like, you know, a league average keeper for a couple years. How do you we, know? I mean maybe he would have been been a legendary keeper. You don't know. That wasn't random at all. <laughs> no, we're opining about you know how great Tim That's is. That's the like, only reason Tim Melia is here is because yeah, of Luis yeah. Luis Marine melting down and then going back to Chile as quickly as he could. Well, hold is on. The only reason Tim ever got a chance. Hold on, Thad. Wasn't there? Didn't wasn't it like a family issue? Didn't he have like a child and wanted to go be a father, not a continent away? Yeah, yeah it was. I was told that he was like so homesick because he missed his family so much. He he was mentally it was affecting him, and he wasn't playing well. And I remember like his family was up on the the you know the thing they do at the beginning of the season where they would unveil the jerseys and stuff, or at least they used to. I remember like he walked out and he saw his child there, and I mean I could see his face light up about seeing his kid. So I I get that, and I believe that story that I was told was that he was just kind of mentally screwed up because he was she was back in his homeland and he couldn't see his kid well thank you for that because we got Tim Melia for it David who was your MVP for Sporting Kansas City in this one well player of the match honestly I don't know I mean my heart wants to give it to Logan for just starting it off with a banger same same. Gotti played really well um he started the match kind of slow but really grew into it um foot mob gave man of the match to Daniel. It's tough to just pick one man. I I don't know that there's one single man of the match. That team everybody played well. Everybody. That what about you? It, it is tough and I was actually I looked at Footmob and saw that it was shallowy and at first I was like no. Uh, but then I got the more I thought about it, the more I thought that that's legit. I mean, I know it's a lot of it has to do with stats and stuff like that, but he was kind of really active he did a lot of stuff really good last night and it is interesting also looking at those ratings like 
I I think like the entire sporting team is above all of St. Louis in those ratings. Robert, player it's of the match of, or too tough to pick? If you want to go with who played most consistent best throughout the match, I always have to think in Denbe. Logan. He was just lights all night. Yeah. Cabs till I die. So the other conversation here, Ted Uncle. Everyone hates Ted Uncle. We can all get behind that one. Uh, St. Louis fans are fuming at him from this game last night. That did did Ted Uncle give us this win? No. Agreed. Just, just no. Um, he was fairly consistent in how he made calls last night. Not completely, because I I remember there was again I can't see everything uh, from where I was at, but everything that looked to me was like relatively normal. Yeah, it wasn't. I think it wasn't slanted one way or the other. I think the fans are mad about, I think they're mad about the yellow card discrepancy that they had like four or five. We only had one, but that's because their team lost their mind. They were angry and frustrated and yelling at each other and pointing fingers and blaming them on the field. They were frustrated making bad tackles. That's what happens. It wasn't a handball shoulder all day. You see that from Kyrie all the time. That was a hand. That was not a handball, and I think maybe the only other one I can think of that I would I would be annoyed about was that last yellow card they got for uh, the foul on uh, either Verdoya. Tommy or oh yeah oh yeah I guess it was Verdoya, but no that that was one of those he kind of rolled over the ball accidentally and came up high onto the player's leg. It's a yellow card. I, Are you talking I, about Blom? Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah, you know the thing is like even though that wasn't that ugly of a tackle, Blom fouled nonstop. Like, yeah. I think he was, he might, he was whistled for like two or three during the match, but like he, and this is the guy who spiked Logan in the first match yeah. and got away with, um, with no, with nothing. And this is also the guy who scissor tackled Gotti in the first match that led to a turnover. Like he's a very physical player. And so I think at a certain point, his reputation caught up to him yeah I think Ted just failed to do the pointing around the field that would indicate persistent infringement but I the there was a foul on that guy the you know a couple minutes before that that he should have gotten a yellow card for and I think that was Ted uncle making up for missing that last one and then he immediately had another bad foul so yeah I'm not a fan of Ted uncle but I I don't think you know, the, the first time we played St. Louis, the referee team did not even get an assignment for the next couple weeks after that because they were so bad. I don't think that's the case in this one. I think if both teams are annoyed at a few calls, then they they probably did it okay. What's fascinating to me is that, like, for the second game in a row, a St. Louis player had violent conduct that, didn't, that went unpunished. So the last one, the guy headbutted Jake. And then last night, I think it was Jared Stroud kicked out. Yes. And just got like a finger waved in his direction. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's kind of ridiculous that at a certain point, they're not getting booked for outright violence. Like, it's different than a hard tackle or a late tackle. I mean, like, just out and out violent conduct, which should be a red card all day long. So speaking of the angry St. Louis fans... We mentioned earlier that they were a little more quiet the past week. 
And I think that has been my most satisfying part of this. So Thad, I'm not crazy, right? You, you haven't seen the same number of St. Louis fans in our mentions and replying to everything and soccer capital of America this. They've been quiet. It's been quiet this past week because they know they saw the hottest team in the West coming, and I think they were nervous. They've, they've definitely been quieter. I won't say completely silent, but they've definitely been quieter. And I think even in the stadium, the, they were really loud to start the game. Not as loud as the first time I was over there, but they were loud. And then mm-hmm. uh, Logan scored. They quieted down. They got the response. They kind of picked back up again. But by the time uh, when Remy scored, I think it just quieted down after that. Not that any there was not noise. There was, you know, the people doing drums and stuff. But it got a lot quieter in there, especially in the second half. No, what, did, you, did you see the same thing, Robert? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I loved it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, it was a playoff atmosphere. They were all excited and all of that, but it, it was it's noticeable. They they couldn't hide their their fear of this game a little bit. You would think the playoff game would have an even bigger environment than the first time we went there. But no, they were a little hesitant, weren't they, David? Yeah. Oh, delicious. I loved every second of it. Now, I'm not on Twitter like you are, so like I don't see all of their comments. Um, I am more detached from some of the St. Louis shithousery, but that doesn't make me hate them any less. And it doesn't make me enjoy this any less. I, I, I deep, I feel it deep in my soul, how great, how satisfying it was to know that a bunch of those people went home and cried into their shitty square pizza um, <laughs> at 1 and that it probably didn't comfort them because it's terrible. Maybe. <laughs> One of the most fun parts for me was walking around at halftime and just seeing all the just pissed off faces or the just expressionless faces walking around. It's like they were lost and they didn't know what to do. (laughs) This can't happen here. Not by those guys. No. (laughs) Uh, One of the nice little delicious ironies was the TIFO was this big thing. It said like wall of sound. Mm -hmm. And then it was much quieter than it had been in the past. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the next game. We're going to talk about game two here in the next segment. But I and I am worried about that game. We're not crowning a victory yet. No. In no way are we doing that. However, as I said, that game was one of was the most satisfying sporting event I have ever witnessed. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very grateful that the team gave that to me. It's been a long season. We've had the Fire Vermees crowd loud and everywhere. David, you were one of the Fire Vermees crowd there at the very end. We were hesitant on this show for a long time, but you reached your point and you said, I'm in the Fire Vermees crowd. I hope they make the playoffs and I eat crow and I'm wrong and all of this. So where I'm going with this is the question of how far does the team need to go? Because for me, it was back when they just were the best team in the West over that whole period. I was happy that they just turned it around and gave us something to cheer about. Then they made the playoffs. Then they won the first game. And then they went to St. Louis and beat the top-seeded team 4-1. to one. I'm incredibly grateful for that. I feel like the Fire Vermees crowd has already been proven wrong. 
But so how far do they need to go before Vermees gets the just middle fingers on his haters, David? Well, I'll start by saying I am more than happy to eat my crow because the team, you know, is the hottest team in the West since May. They finished the last seven-game run-in to the playoff, I think second in points per game behind only Seattle. Who I, I saw, I heard a stat last night. Seattle hasn't like lost in like seventeen games or something. It's crazy. But damn, really. Um, so I will, I will eat my crow. Cody, do you know if crow tastes like Ortolan? Can I cover my head and eat my crow in shame? Do you know what Ortolan is? You look very confused. No, because I don't know what crow tastes like, and I don't know what Ortolan is. Robert Thad, do either of you know what Ortolan is? It's a small songbird eaten in Europe as a delicacy. Yeah, you put like a like a that napkin sound over you your look head. That up at all? <laughs> that was right. Yeah, so it's like a it's it is it is uh, like I don't think legal, but anymore. But they they would cook this tiny little bird and you would eat it beak and and feet and all like the whole thing. But you like put like a napkin or like a thing over your head because it's shameful to the gods, and <laughs> uh, and then you eat this thing. I'll send you a link later, but. Um, Very important that you send me that. My my personal opinion, you know, this team, because at the end of the day, this team is built to win a title. That That is the whole point, right? This was not supposed to be a transition year. This isn't supposed to be a building year. This is supposed to be a win-now team. Are they? Are they I built to win to a title? Because that, that was why well, people well, wanted to be whether, right? we're, whether we're good enough to or not that the whole intent behind the roster construction was to win now. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the team needs to at least make the Western conference final to meet preseason expectations because at a certain point, all the teams left are good. Seattle's good. LAFC is good. Okay. Going okay. To, and, well, and we're going to be on the road. So going to LA or going to Seattle and then like being competitive and let's say losing two to one on the road in the Western conference final, I can live with that. I, th- I think you're um, probably right about that. But I guess where I was going with the question was the people who were screaming ver- fire Vermees in the middle of a game for other people in this league to hear and see us in our darkest day. Were they wrong? Were they wrong to do it? I know there's nuances in all this, but I'm being that guy and I'm just saying, were they wrong? Who's right and who's wrong? Oh, oh, uh, yes, you're right. I am right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Robert, is that what I'm supposed to say? Yes. Oh, okay. what? Is it, was that what I was supposed to say? That's what Am you're I here supposed to do to disagree with this guy? <laughs> Tell him he's right or he'll silence your mic. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're 100% right, Cody. My bad. Yeah, stroke his ego. That is the Fire Vermees out crowd. Were they wrong? Have they been proven wrong yet? Or how far must they go to do so? Okay, I, I want to preface this with I've been, I was one that was very far from being Fire Vermees and all of that. But so if I'm going to take the other side for a moment, I'm going to say, no, they are not silenced yet or they wouldn't be because he allowed the team to be so terrible for the first 10 games. If they were even mediocre in the first 10 games, we're talking about a middle of the pack seed at at the least and having more home games and only going on the road maybe once. So that's that's where if you're in that Vermees out crowd, that's where your argument is going to be is that they still need to make a systemic change. Now I don't I 
I was getting to where I was really frustrated with the team, but I was not quite ever for me's out, but I was like, something has to change and something changed. I don't know exactly what. I know they had a big meeting. They all went to a retreat at the owner's ranch. They did unspeakable things that they can't tell anybody about. <laughs> they have a, a new dance where they dance around. I don't know. Maybe it was all naked when they were there around a fire pit. Whoa. I don't know. And I don't want to know any more details, but they did something. They've gotten better. They're still, it's still amazing. Like, yes, they're one of the best records in the, the last two thirds of the season. Hasn't always looked like the best record. Hasn't always looked like they were one of the best in the West teams, but maybe I was just jaded by the first 10 games. Robert, I, am I too early for celebrating this? I'm just so, again, so satisfied after this win. That was, I, I, I there's not a word that goes beyond satisfying that can explain the way I feel about this game. Am I jumping the gun? Were all those people saying that Vermees has escorted this club into just the darkest days and he's terrible at this job? Are those people wrong yet? Well, nobody ever exaggerates about anything, right? <laughs> but um, so, Cody, next week, if we uh, lose at home three to one, whatever, it doesn't matter. If we lose at home, how are you going to feel? I no one can ever take that. No one can ever take the win from okay. away from me last week. Okay, all right. So the people who are fire Vermees, you know, they have a long memory, and they have a memory that has a lot of things to build that memory on. Uh, losing at home in the playoffs when they were top seed, losing at home in the playoffs uh, when they were the higher seed, if not the top seed, uh, not making the playoffs last season, starting the season the way they did constantly seemingly needing to have center backs on the team when it should have been taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, there's a lot that they can build their argument on. And at that time, that was the right emotion. Just like right now, your emotion is the right emotion for the time. So, you know, you, if you look at the present events, sure. But if you look at the history over the long period, I think there's a bigger argument for the fire Vermees crowd. And you've got to also look at Vermees as manager, sporting director true he's got both jobs is he doing both the best that maybe they can be done or how they should be done perhaps and i don't want to get bogged down on a on the fire vermis debate here so we can move on pretty quickly i think just but what my my difference is there robert you said after such a good year they lose in the first round of the playoffs as one of those one of the reasons why people are mad that happened a few times but my I guess my thing is there, in order for that to be, okay, Vermees isn't good enough, we've lost in the playoffs. You just have to ignore that the thing that we all know is that the playoffs are crazy. It's a crapshoot, especially in MLS, when all of the teams are so even. And in order to be that, that guy or that person with that standard of, okay, we had these good years, but then we couldn't do it in the playoffs, you're ignoring a lot of winning. And so when you say that they have long memories, I guess I would say it's like just not long enough. Like, like okay, you can be mad we lost in the first round of the playoffs after winning the Western Conference. Okay, but that whole season, we watched our team winning, beating everyone, being the best team in the conference, and that's not nothing. And so I am fine with someone having that standard of not good enough in the playoffs. We, we need to go further in the playoffs. We need the results. Trophies are what matters. I'm I'm fine with that. I just I'm not going to go the whole other direction of 
we need to get rid of Vermees because he's let this club down in so many ways when we have seen a lot, a lot of winning over the years with this team. I know in the last couple it has changed, but I think that's the difference for me is where some people think that the team has been escorted into just the worst possible situation and they've letting all of the fans down and all that. That's what I have disagreed with over all of this time. Okay. Game two on Sunday, 4 p.m. American football game of the Chiefs will be played that morning very early. So everyone should have time to prepare, get out there for this game. Let's talk about the tactics a little bit. Robert, are you changing anything as we go into game two? Oh, Cody, that's a tough call, man. (laughs) That's a tough call. Um, First thing, you're at home. And what is a home team expected to do? Attack. Um, And that's kind of the principle that Vermees has followed throughout his career, Um, and even in the playoffs. So maybe you change the way you attack, but I think think sporting does take more of the ball here at home and uh, be on the front foot more. Well, I said it again, we're not declaring victory of this. I, I am talking right. about how happy I am and all that, but I'm still so worried. We still can't defend set pieces. We're still really bad at that. And the kind of team that they are, that that it's just so dangerous. I, I don't feel as much as we dominated this game, as hot as we are and as discombobulated as they looked, I'm I'm still quite nervous about this game. Thad, do you think... I wouldn't- Go ahead. Oh, I wouldn't change the tactics at all because it's easier for sporting who's used to playing with the ball to give it up and say, we'll play organized, compact, and counter you. It's much harder for a team like St. Louis that to be overly simple simple, lacks the skill and the talent to like play with the ball. Like they're not used to it. So they can't do what sporting normally does they can only really play their style, whereas sporting could play either way. Because of that, it makes them so much more uncomfortable to give them the ball and make them press things. I wouldn't change a thing other than maybe the lineup. Like I would, I would if Johnny's healthy, I would play Johnny. Um, but I wouldn't play Tommy. I'd keep Keenan in because he's more direct. And that like first step that he has when he makes a half turn is so much more explosive than Tommy. Other than other than subbing Johnny in, I wouldn't change a thing. Now, my answer was based on what I think Vermees is going to do. Yeah, I would not because it made them so uh, St. Louis so uncomfortable. St. Louis is so good at running off the ball in space. You don't give them that space. Like everybody was saying, they don't know what to do. I'm just going to counter one thing you said earlier, Robert, that at home you're expected to attack more. Sporting actually still had more of the attack last night, even though they didn't have the possession. They outshot 15 to 10, 11 to 6 on goal. Right, right, right. Higher XG. Uh, so they had more of the attack, the better of the attack. And a lot of St. Louis's attack really came in the last 15 minutes when they kind of yeah. started to get some stuff going a little bit better. But you know what I meant then. I, I know what you meant. I'm just clarifying <laughs> more. Um, I don't, I, I kind of expect Vermees also to go more to the back to his normal style. I wouldn't mind if they didn't because it, uh, it'll it mess with them. I don't think that St. Louis is going to go and do a whole bunch of passing possession drills and Rondo practice in the next week with possession-based team. 
because they just don't have that capability. Well, that that was my that was going to be my follow up for you was after they've got so dismantled, are do they make do they make any changes that Sporting Kansas City needs to be aware of? I think I probably change who they have up top or two forwards up top where they really kind of went with the one last night, I believe. I, you know, I, I I almost think that this is a perfect storm is Peter changed his tactic a bit and New York or St. Louis, I was going to say the Red Bulls, but yeah. <laughs> Very St. much Louis, like the Red Bulls, yes. <laughs> changed the tactic a little bit and it actually just worked out perfectly for sporting. So it's not always a one way or the other thing. Sometimes they both shifted a little bit and it just worked out perfectly for, for Kansas City in this case. David, are you starting Klaus or a dinner in? Klaus. Is that because you want them to not do as good? No, I think Klaus is the better player. Um, I think I think I'm more also, scared of Adinaran. Adinaran is also more of a hothead, and I think I would be more concerned about him losing it. And like in the last two times we've played them, he's made two like one that should have been a straight red, and I'm to this day baffled that it wasn't. And two, uh, and then last night like yeah. an orange card. Yeah. Like that late foul, the one he got a yellow for, like for me, that's a red. But, um, well, you say a dinner you say a dinner is a hothead. Klaus has that Nazi ancestry that we are, uh, <laughs> that is very likely we cannot confirm or deny. And I saw a lot of that. He was the biggest culprit of, you know, putting his hands in the air, palms up, blaming his teammates, just very publicly a bunch of nonsense. That if I was a podcast for St. Louis City, he is, I would be railing into him. I wouldn't be surprised to see a dinner in out there. David, well, did you quick. mention Klaus's temper in your recap at all? I, <laughs> I most certainly did. Uh, I know you did. <laughs> here's, here's, a, here's a fun uh, game for us to play real quick. The question is, how old is Jao Klaus? God, he, he looks really old. He looks like he's lived a hard life. Like how old is he? 26. Thad, what's your guess? 74. <laughs> Cody? If you told me he was 43, I would not be surprised. He is, in fact, 26, going God. on 52. <laughs> so I know he's from Brazil, but do you think he speaks German? No. Nah. Well, maybe because of, isn't... The Nazis were ashamed German? when they went there. The, the German it, language it, died there, I think. Well, and he played in Germany. Oh, okay. Didn't he come maybe from, he like, the two Bundesliga? I bet he does speak German. He's a fine player. He's he's very dangerous, but he's one of those guys that there's nothing particularly good about him. Anytime he got he's the ball at his feet, it would get caught. He'd make a bad pass. Uh, he's just not that good, but he is that guy that is always dangerous. He had that. He had the, of course, the header because we can't defend set pieces. He had another one where he just was like, "Screw it, I'm gonna shoot," and he just took two touches and was going away from the. Uh, away from the goal and fired one. He there, there's nothing particularly that good about him, but I am kind of scared of him. He he could put up three goals on us in this next game. He could. All right, let's wrap up here. Robert, are we really going to do this? Are we eliminating St. Louis in game two? Well, Shalouy said at the uh, presser after the game last night, he doesn't want to go back to St. Louis. Nobody not. wants to go back to St. Louis. David doesn't want to go back to St. Louis. Not that he's ever actually willingly gone there. But uh, 
<laughs> we need to take care of this uh, Sunday. And with the momentum this team has, the confidence they have, um, and, and Peter, you know, using his postseason tactical magic, I think we do go through and, and claim a tight two to one victory on Sunday. Listen to that. Peter's tactical magic. I love it. <laughs> Unheard of for some people in this world. But I, I, I did see you look on the Reddit game thread. There are a lot of people giving from other teams that were giving Vermees credit for this one. Thad, are we doing this in game two or are we going back to St. Louis? Like others, I really hope we don't go back to St. Louis this year. I think they do. I think they do get it this weekend, but I just don't want to go back to St. Louis for another game. There's no but. You think they're going to get it and it's going to be awesome. Don't add a but after that. You think they're going to win this weekend? Yes. Good man. I feel pretty good about this. I was honestly kind of expecting to lose game one. I thought we might lose game one and still scratch this out just because of those, you know, we talk about a lot how they, the team looks really good, but then there's one game where they just shit the bed and it looks like they kind of forgot how to play. We might have had that in the San Jose game and survived it. So we might have a few more good games here. Again, just the defeated look on the faces of St. Louis and their body language, the silence from the fans. I do feel very good about this. I think we're eliminating them in game two. David, are we going to wax that ass again? We going to wax that ass. Sporting! Anything to shake